Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, yeah. Y'all yeah, yeah. know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change brains. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Power Slam Show. We are once again here live in the living color. If you we are episode 140, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. I'm so excited to uh, introduce and have a special 140th episode for tonight. I'm so thankful for everyone for continuing to support Pancakes and Power Slams. We are talking today. We're going to talk about famous. Uh, pro wrestlers who were former football players, so famous, notable football players turned pro wrestlers. And so we're going to celebrate our 140th episode today by having that theme. Of course, we're going to have trivia, as we do all the time. But to but to honor the theme and to honor the 140th episode, we have a special interview here by uh, ROH star Moose. Great to have hey. you tonight, sir. Thanks for having me. Great to be on the show. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's good to have you. And uh, let's get into knowing a little bit more about Moose. Let us know about your sports background, sir. Uh, what's your thought? Um, played two years of high school football. Um, got a scholarship at Syracuse, which I um, started. I actually didn't start uh, Actually, I did. I started a few games as a true freshman and uh, at right tackle and played four years there. Got drafted to Atlanta Falcons, which I played four years with them. And in 2010, was traded to the 
New England Patriots, which I played a year, and then signed a free agent deal with the Colts, which I played a year over there, and um, played my final year in 2012 with the St. Louis Rams, where I decided to hang it up and pursue a dream in the sports we call pro wrestling. Absolutely. So what are your fondest pro football moments? Uh, uh, that's kind of hard. I mean, I, I find this pro football moment. Uh, I guess my first start when I was with the Falcons uh, um, in 2006 against the um, – actually, no, it was 2007 against the, Saint, um, the San Francisco 49ers and we got the win. That's probably my best moment. Nice. Oh, my finest awesome. moment. Awesome. Well, you had a, a football background, a pro football background, and you decided to transition into the world, as you as you say, the, your, your dream, uh, and pursue uh, pro wrestling. So let us know yeah. when you had a desire to start wrestling. Was it something that you enjoyed watching as a kid? And how did you get your break into pro wrestling? Um, I was always a big fan. Um, I mean, I've watched it for so long, since I was maybe 10 years old, probably younger. And um, it's always something I knew I wanted to do. I just didn't know when I wanted to start that um, journey to achieve that. So um, football was something, I mean, I was good at, but I never was growing up say, oh, I want to be a football player. Oh, I want to play in the NFL. It was just something uh, I got a passion for when I was in high school. And um, I never even thought about playing in the NFL. I didn't really decide that, that you know, I want to see how I want to play in the NFL until maybe my junior year in college. And I just, it was just a challenge to myself just to see if I could make it to the next level. And, um Luckily, I did, and I mean, it wasn't. It was never a big passion of of mine. Um, it was just a challenge I made to myself to see if I could push it to the next level. But wrestling was always what I wanted to do. I was always wanted to be a wrestler. I, I always told myself I want to be a WWE champion, or you know, growing up. So um, it's there's a big passion there for me. And in 2012. Wow. Um, when I got released from the Rams, I, I think in October, November, one of those months, I decided this was the best time to leave the game and pursue what I really love to do. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you get your break into uh, pro wrestling? Uh, how did I get my break or how did I start? Um uh, yeah, how did how did you I, how did you start? Who who uh, did you who trained you, and how did you get your uh, opportunity to to wrestle to start wrestling? Um, I, I found a school in Atlanta, um, which is um, tr- the head trainer there is Curtis Big Cat Hughes. Uh, I know there's guys who don't know him. He's an old WWE um, guy that um, worked for. All major promotions back in the day, uh, WWE with WCW or ECW. Um, I even think he did. Uh, I don't know if he did anything with TNA, but I know 
with the um the top two companies with WCW and WWE. He did stuff with them. I know he did some stuff with ECW. But um, I found this school in Atlanta, Georgia, which I currently live at. That um, paid the fee and decided to go get some training there. Um, and I mean, it worked out great. Um, awesome. But he did my, most of my training, and then um, after I got what I needed to get from him, I decided that um, I got connected with a good buddy of mine, a mentor of mine right now, Scott Demore, through a good friend of mine, Frank Trigg. And um, Frank Drake knows Frank because I don't know if you remember he had a stint with TNA where I think Scott Demore was out of booking or he had he was doing something in front office. So I called Frank and told him, "Hey man, I'm trying to do this wrestling thing." And he was like, "Hey, I got a good buddy for you to contact." And he gave me Scott Demore's number and I hit him up and um, I went to Canada for a few weeks and got some training with Scott. Wow. Yeah, Scott Demore is definitely a, a very uh, well-known name as far as uh, his stint with uh, TNA being the manager of Team Canada. And currently yeah. uh, his uh, his work in, in New Japan as uh, the manager of the, the Bullet Club uh, with uh, with Jeff Jarrett uh, just recently joined the, the Bullet Club this year. And Scott Demore is more of his his consultant. So, um, Scott Demore. I mean, for for a lot of diehard fans, uh, Scott Demore is uh, certainly a uh, a well known name as far as booking is concerned, and 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 backstage uh, um, uh, backstage influence is concerned. So, definitely a, a good person to, <laughs> to 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 get you your your break in, in, into pro wrestling. So, so ROH uh, uh, was your first home, is is your current home. So, let us know. Um, let, let let us know a little bit more about your your two year run in ROH. Um, you when, once you first came when you, when you first came you because of your physical presence and because of a very catchy name and a catchy song that comes with the name you were um, immediately liked and and uh, your, the, the charisma that came with those things immediately caught your caught the crowd's eye and the agility that came with. Uh, uh, with the size that you have, was very impressive to the fans. So it was really, really easy for you to navigate right into pro wrestling. So let us know so far about your experience in pro wrestling this past couple of years in ROH. Um, I don't even think it's been. I know you say it's two years with ROH. I don't even think it's been a year with the, with them yet. Um, well, uh, before well, I well, two years started, wrestling period. Yeah, uh, two, two years, years wrestling, wrestling period. period. But yeah. Um, but before I even got to ROH, um, I had a, uh, a short run with Dragon Gate USA and Evolve, and that's where I really started at. Um, I did some stuff with them, and um, and I want to say it was September of last year, um, I went up to Philly with a few buddies of mine from WWA Forward, the school I trained at to do a Ring of Honor uh, seminar slash tryout. And um, this was while I was doing, um, working with Dragon Gate and, um, and Evolve. So I did this um, I did this seminar with Ring of Honor, and um, I guess I was one of the guys who stood out at the seminar. And 
they pretty much told me, man, you're good. Um, just keep showing your face and, you know, keep showing your face. And um, whenever we have a spot for you, uh, we'll put you on. And I did exactly what they told me. I just kept showing my face and showing my face and driving to shows that was close enough to Atlanta. I would drive to Dayton. I would drive to Tennessee. I would sometimes even fly to Philly for a show or fly to Pittsburgh for a show. So I spent a lot of money just so I could show my face in the company. And then one time and when they did, um, I went to a show and they told me, man, um, we're going to make a spot for you. And um, that's how my time with R.A. started, man. Wow. So you started to to really have a presence on your own, and then all of a sudden you started to uh, um, uh, align yourself with R.D. Evans and and Veda Scott. Uh, Let us know your experience of of, of ROH so far and your alliance with with, uh, R.D. Evans. How's that working for you? Um, I mean, R.D. taught me a lot of things, and... Uh, things I'll never forget, things I'll definitely use, um, continue to use and throughout my whole wrestling career. And um, I don't know if you've been watching, um, I broke myself away from him. It was one of those things where I took what I needed from him and when I decided I could go on on my own, I decided to break that group up with us two. So, I mean... We actually have a match with each other. Um, final battle this Sunday on pay-per-view, New York City, and um, he's kind of pissed off that I decided to go my own way and causing yeah. him to lose, break, loses, I think, 174 win streak he had going. So um, he's kind of pissed off about it. I guess he wants to do something about it on Sunday, <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, final battle it should be a very interesting and very fun and exciting uh, show. Getting ready for that, I believe uh, Adam Cole and uh, Jay Briscoe's got a match too on final battle, right? Oh yeah, that's um, yeah, that's um, if I'm not mistaken, that's a main event. And um, yep. those two guys are great, man. I've learned a lot from those two guys. Probably one of the two, the, one the two best wrestlers in the in the world right now. Um, and Adam Cole and Jay Briscoe, so. Um, um, that's going to be a a match you definitely want to pay. I think twenty nine bucks to watch. I mean, yeah. you're going to see it all. It's one is if I'm not mistaken, the the match is called Fight Without Honor, so anything goes. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the as far as a program is concerned, uh, I think I think that ROH taping is about three weeks to a month off at least. So. Uh, it's interesting how the taping goes. I watch. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an avid ROH fan, and I watch it every week. But uh, the taping is uh, the, the taping with ROH is uh, it, it, it's a little behind as far as knowing what happened. You know, recent recently to the last week or two, I did remember uh, going. I did go to the um, to to the uh, Survivor of the Fittest uh, event. And I saw you there uh, live, and uh, let us know your experience uh, at the Survival of the Fittest in, in, in Columbus. Oh, man. Um, Columbus, the crowd was absolutely nuts there. I mean, probably one of the best crowds I've been around. 
Um, it was a great. I mean, it was it was a great show. I mean, from top to bottom. Um, I think I wrestled the pre-show, uh, the pre-show that that day, and um, it was a fun match. Um, me and Artie did did tag that that weekend, and um, Toledo wasn't quite as good as Columbus. It felt like um, Toledo was more of a WWE type crowd where oh. a lot of those their fans didn't know our product. So they didn't really know who was, who they was watching when certain guys would come out. So it was kind of weird, but Columbus was definitely hot. I mean, probably one of the best crowds I've been worked wow, um, that's awesome. in front of since I've been with Ring of Honor. I mean, we've had some great crowds. Like Tennessee is always great, and um, Philly is absolutely crazy. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. <laughs> that's very, very good to know that uh, you enjoyed to, uh, the Columbus crowd. I had a great time. I've been to more than one ROH event, um, and I had a fantastic time in Columbus. Uh, um, the question and is, are you, just to, are you coming to New York? You're, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you're yeah. right. You know, just the, the, the crowd in Columbus is very – very exciting and and knows their knows their wrestling knows their product and um you know i right. was uh with with a few people and i was getting them familiar with you and a couple other names of course uh names like jay briscoe and steve carino and uh people like that um i think the briscoes lost against the kingdom that night but right. um um uh, people people like that are, are known but you know up up and rise rising stars like yourself uh you know people it's kind of one of those word of mouth type of hey you got to check out this moose guy and i did that to a great friend of mine who i was with and uh he immediately was like you know when i when i when he, he wanted to have you on the show he he, he wanted an interview and i was like man I, I told him uh before he agreed i said man we got to get moose on the show and and uh people need to know about moose and i know that the pancakes and power slam show reaches you know tens of thousands of people and and people need to know about this roh star that's really making a name for himself in, in the in the world of pro wrestling and um it was important for people to, for you to have this platform to let people know about you more, so man, it's 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 awesome to um, for you to per, you know pursue your dream. Is there any is there any wrestlers that you uh, grew up liking as a kid? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, growing up, I was uh, first of all, I was I'm a Ric Flair. I think Ric Flair is the greatest wrestler of all time that ever lived and ever put on a pair of trunks or a pair of wrestling boots. So that's number my number one favorite wrestler of all time. Um, um, but guys I really looked up to, and um, this guy is actually a good friend of mine right now. I met him about two two years ago, and uh, we've been good friends. I'm, I'm, I'm good buddies with his son, and, and that, I'm talking about Scott Hall. And um, I was a huge fan of Razor Ramon um, back in, a, I think it was like in the early 90s, 91, 92, yep. and um, he had this... Um, Push and his run in WWE, and um, big super fan of him. Um, moving to the Attitude Era, I mean, who didn't like Stone Cold and The Rock? And um, I was also a big Goldberg fan and um, 
past the attitude era. Um, I was a big Brock Lesnar fan, actually still a big Brock Lesnar fan. And, um, th- that's why the whole hop on the apron thing I do, I I mean, that's kind of like a, a thing I do to kind of, you know what I'm saying, pay respect to him, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, my two favorites from all time is definitely Ric Flair and Scott Hall. I yeah, mean, that's wow. more on the list, but those two are definitely yeah. stand on the top on their own. Those are two really interesting names, uh, of course, Ric Flair. And, and I think, you know, I think Scott Hall, you know, from a, from a wrestling standpoint, I think he was he was one of those uncrowned, World champions. I know people write, including myself. I'm a journalist and I write articles for the Bleach Report and WeAreWrestling.net. Uh, I, I know that you know for years and years and years, people and we've even had uh, topics on on this show as far as people uncrowned world champions and 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 people who uh, should have won, you know, the world champion, either the WCW or the WWE World Championship. At least once in their career, and I and I totally believe that Scott Hall is one of those guys. I remember, I remember when you said that he was Razor Ramon. He was really at the peak of his career. He was so over as Razor Ramon as a, as a babyface, as a heel. He was he was over, but he was still kind of uh, underneath, you know, the the present heels at at that time. He was a little further down the line, uh, but as a when he when he broke out into a face. He was super, super over and won the won the Intercontinental Championship multiple times, and I think that I think it, it would have been. I think at that time, around you know between ninety ninety three to ninety six, I think he should have won the the, the WWE title at least one time. Uh, at um, least one time. I, I in my opinion, I think the only reason he was never a WWE champ because he lost to me. That's easy. I mean, if he would have stayed a few more years, I definitely think he would have been a WWE champ. And um, mm-hmm. I think the reason why he never won in WCW because he was more of a tag team wrestler uh, when he got to WCW with Kevin Nash. So it was kind of hard yeah, for him. Yeah. To, and then, I mean, in WCW, all the, I mean, they was more pushing the old guys and not really the young guy, so I think that kind of limited him from being a world champion in WCW. But definitely WWE, I think, in my opinion, the reason why he was never WWE champion is because he left right during the prime and why he was actually getting a push. That's when he decided to leave, which, I mean... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 96... Yeah, I th- I think '96 was uh, there. Were, it seems like Vince was trying to put some more people, you know, like a, like Triple H and Austin. I think that they were trying to uh, take away uh, Scott Hall's push. It seems like because I remember the, at that time he was getting uh, they were putting uh, Vader over him a lot. Uh, and I don't know. I, I really think that you know at least. He's he's one of those people that at least one time he should have got the title at at least you know one time in his career because he was definitely an uncrowned world champion. But um, but let us know your future wrestling goals as far as what do you see yourself in in a year? Um, what are you aspiring to, to 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 do in your in your wrestling career uh, in the near future? Oh man, uh, I. 
like I hate answering questions like that because I live in the present. Um, I, but I can't answer. I can tell you what I what goals I have. I don't know what I'm gonna do in the next year. Um, only time can tell. But um, as a kid, I always wanted to be a WWE champ. So I definitely feel like before my wrestling career is over, I want to wrestle in a WWE ring. I'm not saying it's going to be a year from now. I'm not saying it's going to be I, – I have no idea. I mean, I'm happy with where I'm at now. I mean, I'm working with Ring of Honor. I'm happy with Ring of Honor. They take care of me. I mean, I love all the guys on the roster. Uh, we're, a big, we're a group of family. I mean, we're, we're a group of – we're all family at Ring of Honor. So um, I'm happy with where I'm at there. But I do know before my wrestling career is done – I would love to wrestle in a WWE ring. So that's how I can answer Speaking that question. Of, but to say yeah, where I'm going to be well, here from now, I mean, who knows? I could probably would still be in the ring around. Who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if that's the case, I mean, I won't be mad at that. I mean, there's a lot of people, there's thousands of people who want to be in the position I, I'm in now. So, I mean, I'm grateful for that. So. But who knows? I mean, yeah. you never know. I mean, we'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of the WWE, if, okay, so if I give you one person who, we, say say this is WrestleMania 31, right, and, and you are booked to wrestle anyone of your choosing at WrestleMania 31. Oh, that's a great that's a great choice. Why, why Brock Lesnar? Um, uh <laughs> Why Brock Lesnar? Because uh, I've read, and in my opinion, I say Brock Lesnar, and not taking nothing away from him because, like I said, right now, currently, he's my favorite wrestler. I mean, it's shoot, in the last 10 years, he's been my favorite wrestler. Um, even when he was doing his thing with UFC, he was my favorite wrestler. And um, I think it's one of those things where they say that, um, I've, and I've heard people say Brock Lesnar was the best athlete in wrestling, and I think I'm the best athlete in wrestling. So I think a match with me claiming I'm the best athlete and people saying he's the best athlete will put up a good match for me. Nice. Yeah, Moose versus Brock Lesnar. You both mm-hmm. are, are athletic powerhouses that uh, have uh, pro football experience, so I uh, right. definitely think it'll be a, a a very interesting billing Moose against Brock Lesnar. So who's who's the heel in that match? You or Brock? Um, it really doesn't matter who the heel. I mean, I mean he's a. I mean it doesn't matter. I guess you could say he's be the hero, man. Uh, I mean it doesn't matter. I mean it'll be if I'm the hero, that'll be great. If he's the hero, that'll be great. Um, I think it'll either be a way. very good. It will be either way. It'll be a great. I think it would be a great match. I mean, two personas like us and two athletes like us. I mean, I think it would be yeah, a good match. Absolutely, I, I I agree as well. I think in that I think in that can, that case I think you should play the baby face. If I if I had my pick, you would be the baby face because you would come in as the rookie, as the up and comer. And Brock Lesnar, you know, he he's trying, he, he's playing his heel role. He's got Paul Heyman by his side, and you know, I could just see the crowd getting behind you, 
with your with with your moose uh chant and 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 people just chanting moose and it'd be a very uh very intense and and very physical match and then you know you get the three count and the the crowd goes wild and he passes the baton and there you go there's moose's uh <laughs> uh start and 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 cement in 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 WWE I mean that's I mean and I I think about that quite a bit like what if I got a chance to wrestle somebody I've looked up to like Brock I mean I will probably shed tears the night before that match actually happened and probably the night afterwards I mean <laughs> I mean that would be a, a definitely a big dream of mine come through wow that's a, that's absolutely amazing so there's a stable in the in the WWE called a New Day, and that's uh, Kofi Kingston, Big E, and uh, and Xavier Woods. So, you know, there there was there's been a lot of talk about you know the state of uh, of, of uh, black pro wrestlers, and you know cliches and things like that as far as WWE is concerned. What do you, what do you think about the New Day stable, and you know give give us your take on that. Um, at first I didn't like it because, um, when they first started it, which was by like three months ago, two months ago, when they showed pretty much a glimpse that they was going to start a faction with those three guys, the first thing that came in my mind was, oh my God, they're trying to do a new nation of domination. And that right there made me not to like it, but once they started doing the vignettes and they actually debuted it the new day, I mean, I'm a big fan of it. I mean, it's something different, um, which you've never seen a, a group like that, you know, and it, you don't think Nation of Domination because it's so different than what Nation of Domination stood for, you know. So I think it's something different. I mean, it's good. I like it. We just, I mean, we just got to see where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with you on that. I, I was totally opposed to it in the beginning, but there's something about it now that is catchy to me. I don't know what it is, but it's something that's catchy to me. A lot of people don't think, you know, a lot of people want Kofi Kingston to turn heel, and I was one of the biggest proponents of Kofi Kingston turning heel. But there's something about the New Day stable that's that's catchy and fun, and the crowd are clapping with them and chanting New Day, so. That, that that would be interesting uh, to, to yeah, see I mean, where I think they go. It's, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun faction. Um, I don't think it's a real serious faction. I think it's just one of those things. I mean, it's a baby face faction. I mean, you get the crowd into it. It's, I mean, I like yeah. it. I mean, anything that gets the crowd into it is always a plus on my side. Uh, I think it's good. I mean, like I said, at first when they first started, I, I think everybody thought it was going to be them trying to create a new nation. And I didn't like it because I think the crowd and the fans was gonna start having nation domination chance or whatever. And um, I mean, I, I like the direction it's going. It just we just got to see where it goes from there. I mean, and I don't, in my opinion, and I mean, it's just my opinion. I mean, I don't. I I think Kofi is one of those guys who can never turn here. It's kind of like Rey Mysterio can. Neville was a hill. I mean, if you look back through his history of, if you look back at Ray's career, I don't think he was ever a hill. I think it's 
Kofi is one of those guys where you can't turn him heel. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Kofi I don't I don't think Kofi as a heel is the end all be all answer to him because you know for a long time his character was still Rey Mysterio was heel for a, just a, a a drop of a hat when he was with the Filthy Animals back in the WCW uh, late nineties uh, early two thousand I think it was but uh, in this when he didn't have a mask on and it was just really really weird. Yeah, that was a very career. short run, though. That was probably like a yeah, month. Yeah, very short. Like, I think they yeah, tried it. It didn't work out so good. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean, yeah. it's just it's, it's the same thing. I mean, it's, I, I feel like if Kofi was ever to turn hill, it would definitely would not last long. Because mm-hmm. I could not see Kofi as a wrestler as a hill. I mean, he does so much cool stuff that you can't. If you turn him heel, it takes away, it takes away from all the cool stuff that he does. Yeah, I, I agree. You know what I'm saying? So, totally. so it's kind of hard to turn him, a guy so flashy like him, heel. You know. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. I I I, I agree because I I think that. You know, I wanted to see some type of something, you know, with his character, but you know, I you know hearing your take and hearing other people's takes as far as, you know, it's, I I just wanted something different. (laughs) I wanted something different for, uh, for his, for his character, but, you know, just, just really looking at it. you know, I was, my, my, my suggestion was turning him heel and putting him in NXT. It's kind of like Tyson kid, but I don't even know if that'll work. Uh, I think NXT run by Kofi would have, would have possibly worked, but like you said, at the end of the day, it probably would have led to an, uh, just a short heel run, if anything, kind of like Mysterio, just to realize that he's a he's a Tito Santana type of guy. Like you know, right, Tito yeah. Tito was never a heel, you know, and, he, and, right. and that's he his his care same thing same thing as Ricky Steamboat. It was never right. a heel, um, yeah. you know. So absolutely. So as we wrap up, let us know some some. Uh, you said the final battle for ROH is this weekend. Let us know any other uh, any other shows that you have for all the listeners out there. Uh, man, I wish I had my my um, iPad on my tablet because that's where I usually keep all my dates at. Um, but final battle is definitely the big one, um, and that's this next Sunday or this Sunday coming up, December seventh, seven p.m. In New York City, Terminal Five, um, and that's on pay-per-views. So you can check your local cable listings or your satellite listings and order it. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's $29.99. So it's not that expensive. It's definitely affordable. And watch the best wrestler in the world. And watch Moose kick the crap out of um, RD. There you, there you go. Thank you so much, Moose, for joining us today. Uh, tonight I had a very fun time getting uh, to talk to you and discuss wrestling with you, and I'm sure the listeners, as we um, are getting a lot of comments from the WeAreWrestling.net live stream going on right now, and uh, uh, people know more about Moose, and people certainly will know more and more and more about Moose as uh time goes by and hopefully we'll get to see that Brock Lesnar versus Moose match uh, down the line sooner than later sir. Right. 
Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was definitely a pleasure being on your show, and uh, hopefully I can get, um, come back soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, and have a great evening. How you doing? Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Moose. Moose. Uh, so happy to have him on the show. Great interview. Uh, that uh, just letting you know, just knowing more about Moose and uh, man, I really, really think that people he, he's going to be he, he's at the point right now that he's making those, himself known only with only two years in the business, only you know like a, a year in ROH, a little over a year in ROH, and really making himself known early in in pro wrestling. And it, there's certain there's certain wrestlers who really, you know, have that it factor and just shave off so many years of their career by becoming, by, by having that, char- uh, that charisma, that it factor. And some people like Kurt Angle, people like Brock Lesnar, people like Bill Goldberg, you know, they don't, they don't have to wrestle, you know, 10, 15 years to become, uh, to become noted, you know, to become notable. Someone like Moose, he has a very uh, physical presence, tall guy, big guy, but he can still do a drop kick like, uh, you know, like a, a cruiserweight. So, and I, and I had an opportunity to watch him live. Like I said, it's a, a Survivor of the Fittest, and, and it was awesome. And I, and I thank you, I thank Moose so much, you know, for giving Columbus uh, the, uh, that awesome crowd I, I visited, um, the ROH show, and went to Columbus and had a fantastic, fantastic time. And uh, Moose is a really good guy, man. And, and be sure to follow his career. He's a you know a upstart uh, young guy. Uh, he but he's. He he's young guy, but he still <laughs> have had some time in football, uh, so he's not like super young, but he's still uh, young as far as pro wrestling is concerned, and uh, he's got some a uh, little bit of experience under his belt. For but be sure to uh, you know keep up with 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 Moose. So uh, I'm really excited. Check out Final Battle ROH this weekend as he goes against R.D. Evans, his former tag team partner, and uh, be sure to keep up with moose all right ladies and gentlemen we have our raw discussion coming up right after this short break bring what you got the measuring stick just changed around here buddy you're looking at it four corners three our mind let's go the whole squad is making it clear we've taken this year you know who we are but you don't know why we here so this is where the big boys play these big boys play like who defies the living god get out the big boys way outsiders with the swoop in we live as kings you see in us but our third man waits in the wings and when the time is right we shock him with the proper attack i go for dolo but ain't solo cut the promo in black hollywood hendrix prizzle pinning them to the max and i'm that's one with the strength of a hundred men With one intent To see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself But you rap about your gas and your racks torture White coffins when I drop a bomb My mic's awesome, never lost faith You in all space, you can all skate Suffer but never cripple No bin walls in my cross face From here to Saturday raving Anticipating I was frostbit, now I am glacier Mixed with some Vader Get to hawking with these animals Using God for my defense and 
Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful, Bobby eating. Me and Priest, we the dangerous alliance. Nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do rag before we do battle. You're talking shit. You are what you speak. This dude's still a number is just back. We repping that work pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking. Yeah, we shook that. Trust in God, we trust. Pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap. He turning the power on. On the razor's edge. Leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group, too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move, too. You crew. I'm in the Baptist with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, fix the clash to the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Episode 140, we're dedicating this uh, this show, this 140th episode. It's a milestone episode. The theme of this episode tonight is uh, notable wrestlers who were football players, and that's going to be the topic of our Flavor of the Week this week. And we started off uh, with the first half of our show with a notable wrestler was a football player, notable football player turned wrestler, which was Moose. And uh, he's a just a, a, a hot, fire-rising ROH star, and only a couple years in pro wrestling, already, already turning some heads and, and calling some attention in the pro wrestling world. So without further ado, I have Derek, our Pancakes and Power Slams co-host on the line. Good to have you tonight, sir. Yes, it is good to have me, because I'm Derek. Pancakes and Power Slams correspondent. We just had an awesome, awesome interview with Moose. It just kind of goes to show you not everybody who is a football star can go on to be a professional wrestling star. There's There's been a few, and uh, luckily Moose is one of them. He's hanging in there. But uh, there's been a lot of good ones, bad ones. I mean, it just takes an all-around pure athlete. And like he was saying about passion, you have to have that passion to be a professional wrestler. You can't just be somebody that is big, I can play football, I can smash into people. That yeah. doesn't make the cut. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got a great flavor of the week tonight. We're going to go off the raw. But uh, football and wrestling doesn't go hand in hand, but sometimes it does. We're going to find out who it does for flavor of the week. Let's get raw Absolutely. started. Absolutely. Well, we start off with John Cena having an exchange with the anonymous Raw GM, and which I totally still hope doesn't last for long at all. But how dare I not start Pancakes and Power Slams uh, before Raw without trivia? Yeah. Thank you for all the comments, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for all the comments, by the way, of, of the interview. I, I, too, thought it was a fantastic interview. I think Moose is a great guy. So, once again, Final Battle uh, 2014 ROH. Check it out on iPay-Per-View this weekend. Uh, Jay Briscoe against Adam Cole for the ROH Heavyweight Championship. Who was the... Who were the wild-eyed Southern boys? That's the first trivia question on deck for tonight. Who were the wild-eyed Southern boys? Wild-eyed 
Southern boys. I know we got some people clamoring for for some for some trivia, and I totally agree. I'm a big trivia fan as well. Um, who were the wild-eyed Southern boys? Let us know your uh, your your guesses on that. As far as the trivia question on deck, and of course, if no one answers that trivia question, Dare gets dibs on trivia. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes. All right, so we got John Cena. We got John Cena having a uh, exchange with the Raw general manager. Uh, just totally, hey, 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 totally not. Uh, exciting at all. And then we get Seth Rollins appearing, pleading for the authority to return. Uh, Raw GM makes a match for TLC. Cena versus Rollins, and Cena loses. He loses the number one contender of the championship. Uh, The number to call live is 347-884-8452. Once again, the number to call live is 347-884-8452. Eight eight four eight four five two. Family show. <laughs> we got some screening, so uh, keep it PG. Three four seven eight eight four eight four five two is the number to call live. All right. So once again, once again, the trivia question on deck is: What was the? Who were the wild-eyed Southern boys? And once again. The trivia, uh, the the number to call live is three four seven eight eight four eight four five two three four seven eight eight four eight four five two. Let us know your raw thoughts and your thoughts on Moose. Once again, this is a family friendly show, so that pretty much says it all right there. So, all right, so we basically what happens with the raw GM is. Cena and the Raw GM goes back and forth, which doesn't make any sense ever that the Raw GM is still an anonymous, the anonymous GM is back. I still think it's absolutely ridiculous. So you have Seth Rollins coming out, and then you have uh, Kane and Ryback and J&J Security, Eric Rowan and Big Show and Dolph Ziggler, and Luke Harper gets involved. And then Cena gets triple power bombed, uh, shield style, by Rollins uh, and uh, J and J Security. So I suppose that that's just leading into making Seth Rollins look like a more look like a big, you know, threat to to John Cena. Uh, but I I really don't think that we're going to see. I mean, it, it's almost. Conf- Anything other than John Cena versus Brock Lesnar, to me, would not make sense. Maybe a may you know a lot of people are saying Randy Orton versus Brock Lesnar. I just don't I just don't know. They're holding off Randy Orton on TV now. I don't know how he'll get back into that you know that the championship fold and as a face when he still got some some retribution with with Seth Rollins. It just really seems like, from a booking standpoint, there's still, you know, there was a screwy finish with Cena versus Lesnar the second time at Night of Champions. So, 
it just seems like this is you know pacifying the inevitable uh, of Cena versus Lesnar at Royal Rumble. I'm really not interested in the Roman Reigns versus uh, not Roman Reigns, but I'm not interested in the Seth Rollins versus John Cena feud. I'm just not interested in that. I really don't think it does much for Seth Rollins at all, and it just it just seems like they're trying to just pull anything out of the air to really kind of make us forget the fact that Brock Lesnar still is not appearing on WWE TV and hasn't appeared on WWE TV in almost three months as as the world champion. So it, it just it's really just trying they're trying their best to really you know uh really take us away from the inevitable and that's the fact that Brock Lesnar not being on TV for 3 months is really bringing the product down tre- tremendously it's bringing it down and the thing is I can't watch Seth Rollins I think really out of all the former shield members Seth Rollins is the most boring he just comes out He's really monotone. I call him monotone belly because guess what? John Cena, I'm Mr. Money in the Bank, and you can't do this to me. It's it's so right. boring. It's such a boring it was a it was a pathetic raw. Raw was pathetic last week and it was a starting raw off and then I want Seth Rollins to do good, but I just don't I can't it was so boring. And this, the whole thing with him coming out, you need Brock Lesnar to come out. You can't have Seth Rollins or anybody in the authority for that much take Lesnar's plate. You can't do that. It just doesn't work now. And it won't work. And Seth Rollins is not the future. He won't be the future from what I see. And it's just really saddening and disheartening that it's... I, I can't... I sit through Raw and I'm just criticizing it the whole time instead of Hey, that was great, that was great, that was great. It's been a long time since I've watched Raw and not have to criticize it. And it's, you know, not that I'm anybody to criticize Raw, but, yeah, I am. I've I've been a wrestling fan for 30 years. I've been in the wrestling business. I've rubbed shoulders with some big-time people. I've done some things in it. And, yeah, I can say that this was an absolute garbage mistake. And it was boring, and Seth Rollins just doesn't have what it takes. Yeah, I, I I really don't see what people like about Seth Rollins. Of course, people are entitled to their own wrestling opinion, uh, but I I just don't see Seth Rollins as a top guy. I it's not, and it, I don't think I, I don't think it's because of Seth Rollins because I follow Seth Rollins. Speaking of ROH, when Moose where Moose is at right now, I followed Seth Rollins when he was Tyler Black in ROH, and Tyler Black was very over when he won the ROH World Championship as a babyface. He was over when he won the NXT. Uh, championship as a babyface. He was over. I think it's a character development issue right now for Seth Rollins. Uh, that's the biggest thing. That Even when he was in the Shield, he was over. The Shield worked. It was different. He came in as a heel when he was a face in NXT. It worked. But the Marvel comic leather bodysuit, the very generic Super Nintendo-style music, it, it the very bland promos. I don't think that you know. See, that's where 
you know, we always talk about traditional pro wrestling, you know, on this show. That's where you need somebody like a like a Steamboat or a Dusty Rhodes or a Jake Roberts even to really help people with their promos and their character development because you just really can't it, – it doesn't work by wrestling ability alone. We've seen many people. Kofi Kingston's one of those people. Phenomenal wrestler, but his character was very stale. That's the reason why he was, you know, limited so much. That's the reason why he always reached the ceiling. And the same, I feel the same with Seth Rollins. I feel like a, an amazing performer, awesome in the ring, but his character development is still not there. I just, I, I just don't see it. It's not over with me. And I don't think he's over. I don't think he's over. Period. Honestly, I don't see anything. I don't see anything about Seth Rollins that makes me think, look look at him and say, "Oh yeah, there's a main eventer right there." I just I just don't see it, and I don't I don't think we're going to see it anytime soon, unless. I mean, I don't know. I mean, unless they really, you know, kind of. You know, really, really, really eat. You know, eat their eggs. You know that that that's uh, they threw at other people and you know just eat them themselves, so to speak, and count their losses and say, yeah, well, maybe we should make the decision to turn Seth Rollins babyface and have him have that Jeff Hardy 2.0 style pop because I think that's the only thing that's really going to help him as far as getting really, really over with the crowd. I think right now people are really – people are judging him based on his athletic ability, and that's just not pro wrestling. It's not – you can't just be athletic and a good wrestler. We see that all the time. You know, Jack Swagger's athletic and a good wrestler, but he's always reaching a ceiling because – his charisma was, you know, as bland as, you know, a white chalkboard. And so, you know, it, with, Zeb, with Zeb Coulter it helped, but Swagger still was a bland, you know, character himself. And I, and I see the same thing with Seth Rollins. So great point there. Uso wins uh, tag team turmoil, defeating Golden Stardust, A New Day, Kid and Cesaro, Adam Rose and the Bunny. Now, I was talking to some uh, a colleague yesterday. He texted me and wanted to, uh, you know, wanted to. He he wanted my thoughts on a new day, uh, on a new day stable, and I agree with Moose. I um I we're getting I'm getting texts. Uh, why not pick up the phone? I don't see anybody on the line right now. Again, three four seven eight eight four eight four five two three four seven eight eight four eight four five two. I don't see anyone live on the line here. Um maybe there's maybe some technical difficulties, but yeah, be sure to call in. I just don't see I just don't see anyone live on the line here. We usually have some people down here, so I don't know if it's a uh some type of glitch, but I'll I'll definitely uh get the team on there and see what is going on so we can get some calls but um yeah and and, he, and moose was talking about the new day stable and uh and i i agree with i i agree with moose i didn't like him uh, essentially because i was thinking like you know nation of domination 2.0 
This is going to be horrible. Uh, but I, I tell you what, though, I was surprised. I was quite surprised that there is actually some intrigue that I have with this new day stable, and I agree with Moose as well. I, I've been a proponent of turning, you know, uh, turning him heel, turning Kofi Kingston heel, and I and, and like I said on the show, I, I still think that maybe a heel turn. And NXT, kind of like what Tyson Kidd did, just to kind of refresh in his character and helping him out would would, would help Kofi. But you know, it, it it would it would do something to change his character. But maybe this is good enough. Maybe, maybe because I don't think a heel turn. Because I keep hearing you know, turn the New Day heel, turn them heel, turn them heel. I don't think that's going to help anything. I don't see the purpose of doing that because. Only thing that's going to only thing that's going to do is going to, that's going to put them below the current heels that they have, and it's not going to make a difference. So you might as well just keep them babyface, and might as well just have them clap and chant "New Day" and and just you know be uh, fun to watch, and you know uh, Biggie carry his uh, his towel his towel. And, and, and preach to to Kofi and, and Xavier Woods. I don't know. It's something about them that's intriguing. I'm I'm not you know totally sold on them, but I, I'm surprised that I like them as much as I thought I did. I guess that's the best way to say it. I'm I'm still not too uh, totally sold on them. I mean, they look like they look like fun, like uh, almost like men on a mission. I mean, they have a good chemistry together. I mean, Kofi Kingston. <laughs> I mean, no matter what you say about him, I mean, the dude has talent. The dude can go. Same thing with, uh, I almost said Ezekiel Elliott, but I meant uh, Biggie Langston. You can really, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're awesome talents, and you can't deny them from the wrestling ability, from uh, their showcase. I hope good things for them. I never really thought of them, thought of them as much of a nation of domination. It just didn't really strike much to me. I can see the similarities or why people thought that now, but it's, you know, let them go out and see what they can do. I mean, they didn't impress too much last night, and you have the Usos winning, which is kind of boring. I mean, Usos been champions for a long time, and they recently lost it, and now they're back in the hunt again. So, I mean, I still say you should have kept it on Gold Stardust. But I'm not unhappy with where they are at the titles right now, but, you know, it's it kind of a dud for the whole thing last night, for the uh, brackets, whatever we call it, for the uh, for the tag team title. So tag yeah, team we'll team oil. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was I wasn't you know you know I'm a big Usos fan. I wasn't too big on on the Usos winning either. To be honest with you, I, I like the Usos without a doubt. I like the Usos. Usos are still my favorite tag team. But I don't know if having the Usos go against Miz and Mizdow was the best idea. I, I, you know, it just to me it just seems like another, you know, another Usos opportunity. Just kind of, you know, give the Usos an opportunity on Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber. Well, it's not Elimination Chamber no more. Whatever it's called now, I don't remember what it's called at the top of my head, but uh, the February pay-per-view, and you know, you know, just don't 
don't get put them right back into you know the the, the tag team title hunt. I think that give give them an opportunity off of the tag team title hunt and have them you know get into a feud with someone with with the tag team or with you know two random people probably you know the Big Show and Mark Henry as a heels or or something like that. You know them being upset that. They were with Biggie, uh, w- with the Authority, and they aligned themselves with John Cena before. Something, you know, something they can create, um, some angle they can create randomly. But I, I, you know, just having them in the fray again, uh, not not so much. So uh, be sure to call in three four seven eight eight four eight four five two. I'm getting all types of messages of people trying to call in. Moose called in with no issue. So um, I don't know exactly why people are having issues, but be sure to but but try it again three four seven eight eight four eight four five two. Never had any issues. I never had any issues looking at uh, numbers in the queue. Um, and, and like I said, Moose uh, caught in uh, perfectly. Um, yeah, I think you know, and, and if you know, if there's anyone, I can actually call people from the show too. So, um, so you know, call in. Let you know, give us you know, give us your your, your phone number, and we can we can see if you, we can call you from the show. See if that works. Um, but usually I have, of course I have people call in typically, um, but, but yeah, and, and good, uh, good comment here. Moose, uh, versus Brock Lesnar could be a pretty good match one day. I agree. I think that's, uh, I think that's, you know, that's not really some random match that doesn't make sense. I really think that Moose versus Brock Lesnar would be a very interesting match. They both are big guys. They both are athletic, uh, you know, football backgrounds and, I would say that Moose is more agile than Brock Lesnar is, uh, but uh, and I would even say he's heavier and bigger than Brock Lesnar. But uh, it would be it would be a very interesting match to see. It would be very interesting in that. But next we have Eric Rowan against the Big Show. Uh, Eric Rowan wins by DQ. Uh, I suppose. Uh, I I I, su- I suppose that uh, Big Show versus Eric Rowan makes sense. Um, uh, you know, they're making Rowan a, a baby face right now, and you know I suppose that putting him in the feud with the Big Show would kind of help him as a baby face. Uh, the only thing is with that, I don't know how much that would help Eric Rowan. If he beats the Big Show, though, I, I really think you know the Big Show has played. The Big Show has been such a great contribution to pro wrestling since he debuted in uh, 1994, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, thank you. Fastlane is the pay per view, absolutely. Um, but. I, I you know nowadays I'm like eh I don't see any help I don't see any purpose at all with with the Big Show I just I just don't I you know I I, I just don't I don't see how Big Show has any type of importance to pro wrestling 
and may I may be the only one, Derek. I know you're going to have your take here soon, but Eric Rowan versus the Big Show. It's a big tall guy versus a big tall guy. It just seems like a filler feud. I don't see how much it'll help Eric Rowan because at this point, I really think that WrestleMania th- this should be the road to retirement for both Big Show and Mark Henry leading into WrestleMania 31. Both of them should go. Yeah, they should both go. And there was nothing either one could gain from it. I mean, you had Eric Rowan, he's up-and-comer. You had Big Show, who's up-and-dumber. So it doesn't... <laughs> I mean, there was nothing the Big Show could gain from it. There's nothing Eric Rowan could gain from it. I mean, it was kind of like thrown together at the last minute. And every, I think everyone was surprised, like, why are these two going against each other? You know, who cares? And that's exactly what you got. And that's a shame because the Big Show should be a fierce predator in the WWE. But he's a soft, cuddly teddy bear that no matter what he does, he's still just going to be the big, dumb, laughingstock buffoon. And that's just what happens. And throw Eric Rowan with him. You know, bless his heart, Eric Rowan didn't deserve that. But that's what he got and that's what he gets. And Eric Rowan's not going to benefit either way. Yeah. I agree. Uh, trivia question on deck is who were the wild-eyed Southern boys? No answer yet. A lot of interaction going on uh, on the on the live uh, Twitter feed by uh, pay, uh, by WeAreWrestling.net and also uh, through messages and, and, and text and all that good stuff, uh, people listening to the show. Um, so no answer yet, surprisingly, with all the interaction going on. So... Oh yeah, Derek. Who were the wild-eyed Southern boys? I'm thinking, if I can think straight, I don't remember them wild-eyed, but I remember Tracy Smothers and uh, Eve Armstrong. That's correct. They were yeah. the wild-eyed Southern boys, and they're also the Young Pistols in the uh, yeah. in the NWA. Yep, you probably remember them as the Young Pistols. I Next question. I, no, go ahead. I, you remember I worked them? For a while, and it, it was a great time. Tracy Smothers was a really laid-back guy. He was somebody that really loved to show people and train people and just and show them the business. He would see somebody who was passionate in I mean, he'd take them aside, show them different moves. He's really huge on the independent circuit, or he was, you know, back, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. So, I mean, Tracy Smothers really – I mean, he loves, he breathes wrestling. If anybody could watch Tracy Smothers, I mean, he is somebody to really watch and learn from. What's so funny about Tracy Smothers to me is that he was such a cookie-cutter Southern boy, uh, you know, 20 years ago. But he, he like, he got real big. You know, he 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 picked up some weight, and he became absolutely the funniest, one of the funniest wrestlers that I ever remember. Because he 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 goes from wild-eyed Southern boy, young pistol, to a member of the full-blooded Italians in ECW. Like I just think that that was absolutely the funniest thing to me, and just him dancing in the ECW ring. He was absolutely funny. It's, it's hilarious that he made such a a big change in his character 
from those two, but uh, even I think his FBI Tracy Smothers and all the you know all the times that he worked in the Indies, uh, you know, uh, like like you mentioned, I think that that really uh, his time in WCW was popular when he was the Young Pistols. I think they were U.S. Heavyweight Champions. They were feuding with the Midnight Express for a while, but just his time in ECW were just was just absolutely absolutely funny to me. Next question on deck. You can't answer it yet, Derek. Before extreme, the E in ECW stood for what? Before extreme, the E in ECW stood for what? Next, we have your boy Fandango defeating Jack Swagger by forfeit. Yeah, defeating Jack Swagger by forfeit because Swagger uh, tends to Zeb Coulter who was attacked backstage. Somehow Lana and Rusev comes out right after that. They they give the Russian Pledge of Allegiance, and then Swagger comes out and brawls with Rusev. We're seeing Swagger versus Rusev again for the U.S. title. Um, I like it, I'm like the fact that they're giving Swagger some type of exposure, but it's just to put Rusev over again. I don't see, you know, Swagger winning the U.S. championship would be, a, would be awesome, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I really think that this is a kind, of, kind of another filler. I think just a bunch of fillers for sure. I, I think that I think John Cena and Seth Rollins the filler for 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 Cena and, and Lesnar. I think that Rusev and Swagger is a, a, a filler because I definitely don't see Swagger beating Rusev for sure. And so I don't know. I, I don't see it. I don't like it. And uh, it, it just seems like this is going to really lead to nowhere, unfortunately. It's going to lead to nowhere. We're seeing the same thing over and over again. And poor Fondango could have put on a heck of a performance last night. Ended up just having to forfeit because Swagger wanted to tend to old man Zeb Coulter. So, I mean, the whole thing was a schmoz. I mean, we're tired of it. We don't want to see Swagger against. Rusev, because we've seen that 650 million times. Instead, you got Fondango sitting over there in the end. I mean, he needs some action. He needs something to go off of. And Swagger, or I'm sorry, they they can't produce. Are you serious? Come on. I mean, this guy deserves so much better. But then you have Jack Swagger backstage, Zeb Coulter, the worst actor of all time. And he really is ridiculous. I mean, I almost think Swagger was afraid to go against Fondango last night, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't know if. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't quite know why they're doing that. Um, yeah, uh, great comment. Uh, says absolutely. Swagger versus Rusev draws zero inches for me. Uh, and you're certainly not, certainly not the only one. Although you know, I'm ha- like I said. I'm, although uh, I, I think that Swagger should have a better baby uh, uh, face push than he has now. I, th- I think that he could be a really good baby face, especially with Coulter uh, as his mouthpiece. But you know, it, it's pretty evident that they're they're just you know taking Rusev to the moon, and you know Swagger's just a, a stepping stone on the way again. So that's not going to really tra- draw any intrigue of that feud at all. Next, we have uh, another feud to me uh, that doesn't draw any intrigue. To be honest with you, you have Wyatt defeating R Truth. 
And, you know, Wyatt cuts the promo post-match, and Ambrose comes out and attacks Bray. This is, to be honest with you, this is another feud that I have absolutely no interest in. I, I It's going to be a – let me say this. The TLC match is probably going to be the best match of the night. They're going to put on a show. But when you think about wrestler progression, when you think about feuds, you you, you have to – you have to take in consideration how is this going to help one or both wrestlers, preferably both, but usually in many cases when feuds happen, it's to put one wrestler over. For instance, the first Jack Swagger versus Rusev feud really didn't have any type of investment in Jack Swagger at all. It was really purpose to put Rusev over. Now, when you think of Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose, who's going to be the one who who really gets over from this feud? If Swag, if if uh, Wyatt loses, that's really going to help. That's really going to hurt his character. That's really going to help his uh, hurt his status because he's had multiple opportunities the past what uh, been sixteen months now almost. Since he debuted, when he went against Kane, uh, SummerSlam of last year, so Kane, Daniel Bryan, John Cena, Shield, Chris Jericho, y- you have uh, even when he was feuding with Big Show for a second, you have all of these names that Bray Wyatt has feuded with. These these big names, these championship names that that Bray Wyatt has feuded with, but still has not he's not really moved the needle, uh, you know, uh, of over the the needle on the over meter any more than he did when he started last year. As a matter of fact, toward this part last year, he's more over than he is now because at this point they were feuding with. Uh, with Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan was joining the, uh, the the Wide family at the time. They they were more much more popular. And as far as Dean Ambrose is concerned, give the guy better gear. Give the guy better music. You've you've wrestled with Dean Ambrose before. You know how you know how awesome he is as a as a mouthpiece, as a as a wrestler, as a character. He has what it takes. But you can't develop, and and I keep saying this, same thing with Seth Rollins, character development is the way to put someone over. You can't help Dean Ambrose's character development. If you have him feud with Bray Wyatt, if he beats Bray Wyatt, it's not really going to put Ambrose over because Bray Wyatt isn't really a measuring stick at all right now. And then you you have Ambrose coming out with just, Music that doesn't really draw interest at all. You have him come out with jeans and a T-shirt. How am I supposed to think that he has an opportunity to become the WWE World Heavyweight Champion if he comes out with generic music and jeans and a T-shirt? Character development is the way to go. You have to see it. That, that's what just that's what bothers me about really putting people over these days and really developing people's characters. When you had people like Steve Austin, when you had people like Triple H, Chris Jericho, The Rock, you had you had, their gear was very it was very 
eccentric to their character. You had the, 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 the black tights and the black knee pads with, with Steve Austin, very fitting to his character. You had the, the, the Triple H logo on his tights, the Rock logo on his tights, Jericho's you know logo on his tights. You had the, the, the wardrobe was incorporated to really, uh, to, to really add a, a, an extra layer on characters, to, you know, when you when you have Ric Flair, perfect example. Ric Flair had the matching boots with the tights and the robe. Dusty Rhodes had the you know the the dr on his tights with with the cowboy boots. So wardrobe was so essential in character development. Nowadays, you're expecting us to be sold on someone becoming a world champion. With the jeans and T-shirt on, not not at all, and that's the reason why I don't like the way that they're developing these characters. Ambrose is not; I don't think they're investing in him like they should, and it bothers me to see that. And that's the reason why Bray versus Ambrose doesn't intrigue me at all. It's not going to intrigue you, but I mean, in a way, I mean, plain Jane stuff like that, as far as T-shirts and jeans. That kind of makes them look like the everyday guys. Like anybody can just go in there, jump in, do what they need to do. I mean, for me, I think Austin, he was playing. Like you said, he just came out with his black tights and black boots. But they were able to make a brand and a name after him just for the charisma that he mm-hmm. brought with it. All of a sudden, he had a smoking spell and he had the Austin 316. Ambrose has that, uh, that little anarchy symbol that he has on some of his shirts when he comes out. With the D and the A, which is clever. I think that's great. I, that's a start, but it's not really a finish. And, again, with him and Bray Wyatt going at it, it's not a, nothing's going to come out of this thing. I mean, Wyatt has his own thing going. I don't think it needs the core to uh, intersect with what uh, Dean Ambrose is trying to do. I mean, they're yeah, loose cannons, yada, yada, yada. But it's, you know, I can see the T-shirt and jeans, how that can appeal to people because he's just an everyday guy just, comes out and I'm going to whoop your butt and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, you need to make something more something out of it. And the, he, I think he's got it. WWE just hasn't found it yet, or he hasn't found it yet. Mm-hmm. It's going to come together. But, yeah, as far as right now, it's not really nothing's going to happen. I sure hope so. Because Pillman had that loose cannon gimmick and wore, you know, the jeans with the shirt and it, it it was it was awesome. Uh, the loose cannon Brian Pillman gimmick was awesome. However, it was limited. It created a ceiling because he had the uh, he had the, the the jeans and the shirt. And it just wasn't world champion garb. It just wasn't it, world. When you think of just the world champions down the line, their wardrobe was. A very vital part of their character. Undertaker, he's a perfect example. Hulk Hogan, red and yellow. I mean, go down the line of of, of world champions from 1980 on, 1975 on, because you can even say Harley Race, because he was very big into his garb as well. But at least 1980 on. And even before that, because if you think of uh, Nature Nature Boy Buddy Roberts, he was real big into his, you know his wardrobe was a big uh, it was very instrumental to his character too. So, 
you know, you're thinking at least 50 years back, wardrobe mattered. So you can't you can't take away if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Take you know, just don't. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that was something that was so instrumental to really developing character. And Dean Ambrose is is very is living proof of how a bad choice of of wardrobe can really you know hurt a character. We've got a question here: What is Ambrose going to do at WrestleMania? I would actually prefer. Uh, a heel Ambrose versus Chris Jericho at, at, at 31. That's what I want to see. Um, that, that that would be my preference, a heel Ambrose versus Jericho, because I really don't think this face Ambrose is working too well. I like Ambrose as a face, uh, but, uh, but Ambrose versus Jericho, uh, a heel Ambrose versus versus Chris Jericho, uh, would certainly uh, be a, a good choice for me. What would be your your choice for Ambrose at thirty one? Um, I don't know. Yeah, Jericho would be an awesome mix up. I don't know. Maybe uh, if he's at the time, you know, Randy Orton. Yeah, Orton uh, wouldn't be too bad either. Orton wouldn't be bad. I'm. Just, it's kind of hard to place where I could see Ambrose and this. Or uh, Ambrose in just a few months from now, Orton would be great. Yeah. I could see maybe, yeah. At least with Orton, mm-hmm. it would be like a legitimate like this is this is it, you know, make it or break it. Yeah. You got Orton, a ten, twelve year veteran who's you know he's got his own place, and there's still right now Orton's you know hotter than he could ever be. He's going to come back as a face. It's going to be. I'm excited to see him come back. I never thought I'd say that yeah. about RKO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real quick. Uh, yeah, real quick. Um, uh, next question, uh, real quick, is uh, well, the answer is Eastern. It was Eastern Championship Wrestling before Extreme Championship Wrestling. Uh, next question is who uh, who owned ECW before Paul Heyman? And let's real quick because we only got a few minutes left, and I want to address uh, the. I just want to throw out some names for the flavor of the week. Uh, this is going to be short uh, this week, um, and also want to address uh, my release from Wrestling Inc. Uh, this past uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and 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 just the story behind that, and um, where 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 I stand in, in that. So. Uh, here we go. So, real quick, the main event, Cena, Ziggler, and Ryback defeating Harper, Rollins, and Kane. I'm glad that Ziggler got the fall. I'm glad at what they're doing with Ziggler. They're trying to slowly but surely kind of repair the damage <laughs> that um, uh, that they've, you know, uh, had for, for Ziggler for so long. Um, you know, I they're trying their best to try to repair that, and I like it. Uh, then show appears and Eric Rowan appears a bu- bunch of you know melee. Rowan makes a save with the steel uh, steps and then uh, Cena AA show uh, show versus Rowan with uh, uh, show show versus Rowan in the stairs matches is uh, is um, confirmed for 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 TLC. So I guess it's t- tables, ladders, chairs, and steps. So, stairs match between Eric Rowan and Big Show. That's that's pretty weird, but at least you know they're going to. At least Rowan is getting some type of opportunity. I'm not a big fan of it, but it was an it was a decent main event. 
he's the main event. And, uh, you know, we, we'll go on to that. A few minutes left. I mean, honestly, Todd Gordon, I believe, was uh, ECW. Oh, yeah, Todd Gordon yeah, yeah. was, and you know you didn't. You know you don't have dibs <laughs> on the on the on the question. You just trying to slide that in there. I can't believe it. All right, let let's go on. Nobody else. <laughs> let's let's go. Oh no, gentlemen. Yeah, let's go into the flavor of the week. We'll be we'll be right back. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Real quick, 140th episode. The theme of tonight is uh, former football players turned pro wrestlers, and so there's some notable ones. There's there's some ones like Mongo McMichael and and and, and Reggie Green and, and Reggie White and Kevin Green that uh, didn't do too well. Mongo was the U.S. champion, but. Uh, there were some who didn't do too well, but just uh, just five. I'm gonna name five. I'm gonna name six actually. Roman Reigns, Bill Goldberg, Brian Pillman uh, for the Bengals, Goldberg for the Falcons. Uh, Roman Reigns did some work in Jacksonville, he, but he wasn't really established in the NFL. Uh, the Cat Ernie Ladd with the San Diego Chargers. Uh, and then Ron Simmons with the Browns, but more, mostly it's Florida State, and then Vader with the Rams. I would say out of all of those, I would say that Bill Goldberg and Ernie Ladd too, uh, but Bill Goldberg from actually from an NFL standpoint is probably one of the most notable uh, straight from the NFL uh, wrestlers that turned pro wrestlers, probably the most successful. Yeah, I agree with that. Bill Goldberg and uh... – Brian Pillman come to mind. Even though I hate the Bengals more than anything in the world, you know, <laughs> Brian Pillman, I forgive him for his awesome wrestling time. Flying Brian, you're always in my heart, and I miss you a lot. Absolutely. All right, real quick, we only got a couple minutes left. Yes, this weekend I was released from Wrestling Inc. Uh, it was some misinformation I received from a, 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 a uh, uh, regarding a rock tweet that was actually a few years back, and I reported it. And on Wrestling Inc., you can't delete your articles. You have to go through Raj to delete your articles, which is ridiculous. And so I didn't even want to go through all that. I tried to do it myself, still couldn't find a way to delete it. And uh, basically, you know, I, I know I basically shot myself in the foot at that time. And then, you know, I didn't even know I got uh, released until um, – and so I saw it on Twitter. It was reporting it to other people, and then I received an email. I looked at my email, and I received the email. And he kept was he was very regretful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, it was too big a mistake. You know, we we want you down the line, but just right now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, you know, and, and so and so he was really regretful by doing it. But I guess to save face, he said he didn't want Wrestling Inc. to to seem bush league with that type of reporting. Um, so it was very interesting, uh, and, and, uh, he wants me down the line, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go back, to be honest with you. I, you know, I was there two years and it was very good. It was a very great opportunity. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you got to care about your employees and you got to make them excited to be a part of it and uh, that's why I love, that's what I love about realwrestling.net so much. It's a great family. The stream is awesome. And so uh tweet at Crave Wrestling, tweet uh you know at Chris Prolific is my personal uh, Twitter if you want to know more about the release. Uh we're running out of time, so I may talk about a little bit more uh this weekend uh next week. But thanks to Moose, 
Thanks to everyone who listened for 140. And until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. Goodbye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.